This is Dr. Edward Gaber. This is an update on my first COVID vaccine podcast. Infectivity. The COVID Omicron variant and the new BA2 Omicron variant are much more contagious and not just droplet transmitted, but transmitted airborne, similar to TB, meningitis, and measles. So you must wear a tight N95 or K95 mask in certain situations because other types of masks will not keep you from getting COVID. Immunity. If you've had a COVID infection, your immunity should last six months and you do not need a vaccine booster for six months. However, some say getting the Omicron variant disease will only give you four months of immunity. Safety. Over 9 billion COVID vaccine shots have been given. As mentioned in my first podcast, vaccines, unlike drugs, manifest the side effects within a few months, not a few years. Common side effects of COVID vaccine include transient fever and chills, fatigue, muscle aching, headache, nausea, and COVID arm with swelling and redness at the injection site. Anaphylaxis can occur with any vaccine. In the instance of anaphylaxis with COVID vaccine with sudden wheezing with rash or hives, and low blood pressure requiring epinephrine is one out of 93,000. With any vaccine, I tell my patients to wait at the drugstore in my office for a full 30 minutes after any shot, as 50% of anaphylaxis can occur during the 20 to 30 minute interval after an injection. Anaphylaxis, however, has been reported even one hour after vaccination or any vaccination. Rashes may occur after the COVID vaccine, but much more serious rashes occur from COVID disease itself. Guillain-Barre syndrome. Guillain-Barre syndrome is is more common after the disease of COVID than after the COVID vaccine. Recent study of Guillain-Barre patients showed 23% of them had had a recent COVID illness. The instance of Guillain-Barre syndrome after COVID vaccine is one out of 18,000 to one out of 500,000 in a review of 17 different studies. It may occur two weeks after vaccination. Guillain-Barre syndrome can cause life-threatening paralysis and respiratory failure secondary to a demyelination syndrome with ascending leg and then arm weakness lasting years. Early manifestations include facial weakness, including trouble swallowing, sensory deficits, and autonomic dysfunction. Pericarditis and myocarditis. The post-vaccination incidence of pericarditis and myocarditis is one out of 97,000. It is usually transient and seen in older teenage boys. Clotting problems. Vaccine-induced thrombotic thrombocytopenia, or VITT, occurs after the J&J and the AstraZeneca vaccination, but not after the Pfizer or Moderna COVID vaccinations, in one out of 263,000. Five to 30 days after vaccination, deep vein thrombosis, pulmonary embolus, cerebral venous thrombosis, or cerebral hemorrhage, myocardial infarction, and death may occur It occurs in patients with antibodies to platelet factor 4. However, even patients with platelet factor 4 antibodies rarely get this syndrome. With VITT, 
that fibrinogen level rarely decreases, and this distinguishes it from diffuse intravascular coagulation. Treatment should be initiated immediately with our gatropan or IVIG or oral anticoagulation. Heparin cannot be used as the antibody reaction is the same as the reaction in the HIT, heparin-induced thrombosis syndrome. However, compare these statistics to the incidence of clotting in COVID disease itself. New York statistics shows 16% of hospitalized patients, even getting low-dose anticoagulation, had clotting problems with deep vein thrombosis, pulmonary and systemic emboli, myocardial infarction, and strokes. Death from COVID vaccine. It is important to understand that 7,000 deaths occur every day in the United States from natural causes and illnesses. If a patient recently got a COVID vaccine, the death the next day or several days later is often attributed to the COVID vaccine. Knowing this helps us interpret the statistics reporting the chance of death after COVID vaccine at one out of 42,000. Compare this to the fact that in the United States, one out of 83 patients who get COVID die from COVID and there have been 976,000 deaths in the United States as of the date of this podcast. The statistics from Texas from 2001 are very revealing. Of the 28,659 deaths, 24,517 were unvaccinated. 1,942 had one shot and 2,200 at two shots. Other statistics show patients who got two shots of the COVID vaccine were 14 times less likely to die from COVID than unvaccinated patients. Since about 8% of COVID deaths still occur in patients with two shots, we know the third shot, or booster, is important to obtain. Americans who got the third shot were 97 times less likely to die from COVID. I recommend a fourth COVID vaccination, and now so does the CBC, CDC, which has approved the fourth shot for people over 50 and immunocompromised patients. The fourth shot is recommended four months after the third shot. Israeli studies also show that people should get a fourth shot or second booster, and people over 60 are three times more resistant to serious COVID with the fourth shot. COVID disease. I have a private practice and I am a full-time hospitalist as well. So I see firsthand what COVID does. I often tell unvaccinated patients, if they took a tour of our hospital and ICUs, they would soon be running out of the hospital looking for the nearest pharmacy to give them a COVID vaccine. Even with the Omicron variant, we see unvaccinated young patients who have had no comorbidities end up on mechanical ventilation for many weeks or unvaccinated 50-year-olds who never were sick a day in their lives come in and die within three days despite mechanical ventilation, bilateral chest tubes, and excellent care from our ICU nurses, critical care docs, pulmonologists, and infectious disease docs. Then those who survive have long-haul COVID symptoms with chronic fatigue mental fogginess with permanent cognitive impairment, peripheral neuropathy, vision problems, and chronic shortness of breath secondary to pulmonary insufficiency. Several of my unvaccinated patients 
Now I've had COVID twice and survived without consequences, but I've told them next time they get COVID, they may not be as lucky. COVID misinformation. Get your COVID vaccine and boosters. Patients who are immunocompromised should get the first two COVID vaccines and then two boosters. Don't listen to the knuckleheads and vaccine conspiracy theorists on TV or the internet there. First claim was that the vaccine caused infertility. That was wrong. And then they said the mRNA would incorporate into our DNA. Wrong again. Time and again, they've been proven wrong about the danger of all vaccines to the detriment of their children and themselves. I call these people, and many of them are doctors, murderers, and charlatans trying to get a following to make money or just wanting to get themselves on TV. The benefits of the vaccine far, far outweigh the risks, and the smart people take those very small risks and then survive. Patients distrust the government and Dr. Fauci, who lacks charisma and consistency in his proclamations, but they need to put trust in their own physicians and the brilliant people who create these vaccines. Do what your knowledgeable primary care physician says. As I mentioned in my first podcast, researchers have been working with mRNA since 1991, so it's nothing new. Also, mRNA is very fragile and breaks apart very quickly in our bodies and cannot incorporate into our DNA. Having said all this, I am totally against forcing anyone to take the vaccine. I want people to get the correct information about the COVID vaccine and and know all the consequences of getting COVID and then make their own decision about getting the vaccine. By getting the vaccine, they'll help themselves and they'll be less likely to infect the people around them. It is true that even even vaccinated people get COVID and they can transmit the disease even when they're barely symptomatic, but the number of days of their infectivity are much fewer, making them less likely to transmit the disease. Testing and infectivity. The rapid nasal test for Omicron variant of COVID is often negative and a retest should be done in a day or a few days. The four hour PCR test which is accurate for tiny amounts of viral particles is the most accurate way of detecting a COVID infection, but still can be falsely negative. The PCR test can be positive for three months after an infection. If the rapid test is positive, the patient does have recent COVID as there are few false positive tests. Prior vaccination does not affect the test. If exposed to someone with COVID, Test four and seven days after exposure. Some studies show patients with COVID are infectious from three days before to eight days after their symptom onset. And the rapid test can be positive for 10 days after symptom onset in 40% of patients. You need to show proof of a negative COVID test one day prior to international travel or have a letter from your doctor that you recently had COVID and you are past the point of infectivity. However, you probably are still infectious if your rapid test is positive. The CDC studies suggest you are infectious for three days prior to symptom onset to only five days after symptom onset. They suggest you isolate for five days after symptom onset and then wear a mask for five days after you come out of isolation. However, they also suggest that patients severely ill or hospitalized with COVID and COVID patients who are immunocompromised should isolate for 20 days after symptom onset. I hope this 
podcast has been helpful.